0: Let me show you what I mean, because I want to talk about how to pray for our children. Turn back to Romans 13. Now, this is when we're going to start really turning to verses. So get your your, uh, pages ready, and I'm going to give you a theology of purity and modesty as it relates to clothing. Now, for some of you, you might not have ever heard this before. In fact, I looked, and when I was coming through to this point, I looked back and and, uh, looked up if I'd ever preached on this topic before, and I did in 1996. In November of 1996. So all of you that were here six years ago, you can go out and get a cup of coffee. Just get the tape, you know. But the rest of you, let's stay, okay? Romans 13. Look at verse 13. Because we should pray that our children wear their true clothing. What am I talking about? I'm talking about our dresses to reflect putting on Jesus Christ. Romans 13. Verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day. He said, you're, you're, uh, of the light not the darkness not in rioting and drunkenness and chambering and wantness and strife and envy that's the way of the flesh and the way of pagans and the way you used to be now you're saved verse 14 but put ye on the lord jesus christ put ye on the lord jesus christ what should we pray for our children if we're praying for their purity And purity of life is most often reflected in modesty in life. And modesty in life is most visibly reflected in our clothing. What is Paul saying here? Well, verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The flesh has the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. And he says, don't let the way you conduct yourself as Christ's representative reflect the lust of the flesh. Let it reflect him in his holiness. Well, how do we do that? How would we teach our children? What does the Bible say about this matter? I mean, does the Bible have a section in here kind of like the uh I remember when I used to be a, a salesman for American Home Products in the eighties and they had a dress code and they said they followed very much the IBM dress code, you know, dark suit and white shirt and blah blah blah. Is that in here somewhere? You know, can we turn to the Well, that's the blessing. This is a supracultural book. It transcends all cultures and gives eternal changeless principles that we can live by. Let me show you what I mean. Look at Isaiah 61. We'll start in the Old Testament and then uh, run back to the New. But look at Isaiah 61 to kind of give the big picture in verse 10. Because if we were going to teach our children how to dress in a way that reflects Christ, to start, we'd go to the Bible to get some clues, and those would be the changeless principles. And and the first clue we'd have to get is, instead of looking around on earth and looking at all the different religious groups and all their taboos and lists and what they say you should do, the first place we should look is in heaven. And we should look up at God and see how he's revealed himself to us. So starting in Isaiah 61, verse 10, look what God expects us to wear. Here's a changeless truth. God expects us to wear the righteousness of our God in heaven. Verse 10 says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. In other words, it's really special is the metaphor there. What does God expect us to wear? He expects us to wear our clothing as a reflection of his righteousness. Don't ever forget that. When you walk out of your room or your house, you are reflecting something by what you wear and what it should reflect. It doesn't matter if, if you're wearing uh, ancient robes or medieval, you know, whatever, or Elizabethan, whatever, or modern. It doesn't matter the form that it takes. The substance has to match with this. And it says God wants us to wear his righteousness. Okay, how does that apply? Now turn to Mark chapter 16. Because I I want you to think about something. Some of you have never thought about this before. I I might uh, get your thinking stirred up here. Because the Bible does give us some very powerful clues. And what I want you to think, and I'm going to take you through several verses, I want you to to be a a reporter and go unseen and see what, everyone who spends all of their time in god's presence what do they look like the bible actually describes how the people closest to god dress and god has even eternally written that down in his word okay look at mark 16 and verse 5 because god's special representatives and a few weeks ago i was telling you about how many square miles it takes for all these angels they stand in concentric circles around the throne hundreds of millions of them and it would cover over a third of the state of Oklahoma just the ones that stand they're not all the ones that are working and ministering to us so here they all stand. what do they dress like well here's here's a let's interview this one and entering into the sepulcher this is Peter's recollection mark writing it down they that's John and Peter who ran there uh uh and Peter hearing through the words of the women and, and all that, we know the resurrection scene. But look at this. They saw this young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. Now, this morning in first service, I said, clothed in a pair of tight red spandex shorts. You know, I said, oh, I, said, oh, I was reading the wrong version, right? No, no. What, what do the people that, that are constantly facing God and falling down on their faces and worshiping, what do, I mean, why did they put that little detail? Why does it say long and white? Now, this isn't a call for everybody to go out and get a white robe. And I, I saw enough of those when I was in Los Angeles. They were weird. You know, they wore, they had, they had signs and it said on the back, the end of the world. And this one, the front sign said, you're going to hell. And they were carrying a sign saying, the end of the world. And they were wearing white. Robes, and we'd see them on the street corners in Los Angeles. And you know what most people thought? You know, they're whoo, They're gone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are in God's presence. What do God's special representatives wear? They wear what communicates absolute modesty in our minds. No matter how you cut it, a long white robe is pretty modest, okay? But keep going. Turn over to Revelation 1, verse 13, because there's another thought here. And and the context of this thought is that, that Peter told us, and, and we covered this a couple of weeks ago, that we are a royal priesthood of God. I don't know if you realize that, but there, there, we don't have a bunch of priests on staff that work for for the church that represent us to you. All of us, when we got saved, became priests of God. That means we can directly talk to him and offer sacrifices of praise. With that in mind, look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 13, because this is our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our great high priest. We are serving him as his fellow priests, and we are ministering in his name. Now, what does our leader look like? In the midst of the seven candlesticks, representing the church, one like unto the Son of Man, that's our risen Savior, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about with a golden girdle. This is a picture of a priest. And when a priest came in, he was so reverently and modestly attired. In fact, read Exodus. It goes on and on and on about what the men were supposed to wear coming into God's presence. Now, does that mean we're all supposed to get golden girdles and wear white robes? No. No. But Jesus is the great high priest. He is representing us before the Father. What does Jesus look like? What does Jesus wear as a priest? He wears what portrays to us absolute holiness and modesty. I mean, no matter, you can read that word back, that verse backward or forward. That's the only thing that the white thing represents is purity as a priest. Now, look at chapter 7. Chapter 7 of Revelation, just over a few pages. What are we going to wear when God gets to give the standard issue, clothing, and we get to pick up our outfit? What are we going to wear? Interesting thought. I mean, just if your children want to discuss this and teach, what what are we going to wear? Revelation 7, 9, And behold, lo, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne before the Lamb, clothed with white robes same outfit the same outfit we see on everyone that stands in God's presence and everyone that inhabits his holy place reflect the the robed with righteousness concept that he declares is what he wants from us